Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Outrage Science Bites, the companion podcast to the Outrage Overload podcast. I'm David Beckmeyer, your host and Outrage Overlord. This is day 27 of the NAPOD POMO Challenge. That's National Podcast Post Month. That's a 30-day challenge to produce a podcast episode every day in the month of November. So this episode, I'm going to continue this theme of kind of bringing out some of these things we've talked about and trying to give some real-world examples. On day 11, I talked about political sectarianism, which describes the state of our political polarization, which is characterized by how the two sides dislike and distrust each other. It's marked by three things, othering. I see people on the other side as different from me and from those on my side. And not only do I see them as different, I also don't like them. And finally, I think they are bad people in a moral sense. They are evil. And as we look at another contentious presidential election season taking shape, we see this in our real life experience. Whichever side we're on, we see the other candidate as an existential threat to democracy. We believe it so strongly, we have a hard time understanding how anyone could not see that other candidate as the threat they appear to be to us. And we find it hard to believe how anyone could see our democracy-saving candidate as a threat. A recent Brookings Institution study about the 2024 election captures this. So the state of the country, um, I decided I would just go ahead and cue you in here. Um, pessimism, political violence, paranoia. Uh, right? Um, uh, if I were a preacher, I'd have three good alliterative points um, here. Um, so let's kind of start with um, the public really does see uh, that there's a lot at stake in the 2024 election. We had, uh, This question, the future of American democracy is at stake in the 2024 presidential election. Three quarters of Americans agree with that statement. Um, it is one of the few things in the survey that all partisans agree on, right? Republicans, independents, Democrats, all overwhelmingly saying uh, the future of democracy uh, is at stake in the 2024 presidential election. It's an existential concern. They asked voters, if blank wins in 2024, democracy is broken and we may need a new form of government. 72% of Democrats agreed with that statement, that if Donald Trump wins in 2024, Democracy is broken, and we may need a new form of government. 64% of Republicans agreed with that statement if Joe Biden wins. And it's no wonder we feel that way with our partisan media drilling those existential messages into us with nonstop outrage porn. And given that we believe our democracy is at stake, we should not be surprised about how ready Americans are for violence. Um, the other, I think, main finding that we had, and one of the ones that is, I, I think, grabbed me as perhaps the most disturbing finding in the, in the country is that we find uh, considerable uh, support for the idea that true American patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save the country uh, because things have become uh, gotten so far off track. So these are the numbers that we first asked this question in, in 2021, right? It was 15% of the country, but it was 28%, nearly three in 10 Republicans, only 7% of Democrats uh, said that. We found that this attitude has actually gone up over the last uh, two years, right? So in the country, it's now a quarter of Americans, uh, 23%, who say that true American patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save the country. It has gone to fully a third 
of Republicans. It's gone up across the board. Uh, Democrats has gone up six points as well to 13 uh, percent, but it's still two and a half times. Republicans are two and a half times more likely uh, to say this uh, than are uh, Democrats. This is the boiling state we talk about on the Outrage Overload podcast and why we need to lower the temperature. Here's an example of the fears Trump supporters had about Joe Biden in 2021. This is a protester speaking to Ben Hamilton on the eclipse before the Capitol attack. Me, I don't want anybody hurt. I just want this to come to an end and the right government to be in charge for the people because this is not what the people want. We're already into this coronavirus thing and the people aren't ready for socialism and higher taxes and taking away your guns and closing down schools and the Green Deal where it's going to be $10 a gallon for gas. People aren't ready for that, man. That's too much. It's too much, man. I mean, they're going to force everybody into electrical cars and stuff like that. It, It doesn't work, man. It doesn't. Mass transit. Uh, they want to take away the cash, give you cards, and ship you, and all kind of, they got all kind of crazy ideas, the uh, um, the Democratic Party. I mean, you heard, shoot the, uh, what's his name say it, uh, uh, what's his name, the one that's with Pelosi all the time? Schumer? Is that his name, Schumer? Schumer's the one in the Senate. The Senate, the guy that's always the ball, he said, he said, for, we're going to take Georgia and then change America, is yeah. that it? Yes, yeah. he's yeah, he's, he's even saying it right there. They want to take all our values and all our history away and on, on who we are and how we are, are used to living and, and shutting down the middle class worker and destroying America. It's not working, man. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Now, despite controlling both the House and Senate during his first two years in office, I don't think there's much of a case to be made that Joe Biden or the Biden administration did any of those things. Democrats can be dramatic, too. Here's self-proclaimed moderate Joe Manchin. I think Donald Trump getting reelected, if he would, would destroy democracy as we know it. While Donald Trump has expressed concerning views on democracy and outlined plans that could challenge our institutions and the rule of law, if elected, it is not inevitable that such plans would lead to the erosion of democracy. Our institutions, including the courts and Congress, would play a crucial role in upholding the principles of democracy and preventing any attempts to undermine them. And we should point out that Trump is not alone in challenging the Constitution. The Biden administration has overstepped and been curtailed by the courts on several issues, including student loan forgiveness, vaccine mandates for corporations, and eviction moratoriums. And in September 2023, a federal appeals court ruled that the administration had most likely overstepped the First Amendment by urging social media companies to remove misleading content. My point here is that we can easily create narratives that position the opposition party candidate as an existential threat. Those narratives are almost always exaggerated. There may be some degree of threat, but it's probably not as bad as our fears. Remember that guy on January 6th? More importantly, no amount of ranting is going to change the minds of those on the other side. So try to step back from the fears and weigh out the actual likelihood of our worst fears coming true. We talked about worst-case scenario thinking on day 16 and provided some real-world examples on day 18. This worst-case thinking and the belief that the other party is an existential threat is how we become more accepting of extreme measures, including violence. Our democracy cannot function in that environment. It's crucial to remember that while political disagreements are inevitable, they should not escalate into dehumanization or fear-mongering. Our democracy depends on our ability to listen, compromise, and find solutions that work for all Americans. If you enjoy these Outrage Science Bites episodes, you may 
like the long-form Outrage Overload podcast. That's at outrageoverload.net. You can also find other episodes of this Outrage Science Bites podcast by scrolling down at that website, outrageoverload.net, and you'll find a link to Outrage Science Bites at the bottom of the page, and you can find all the past episodes there. As we're wrapping up these last few days, if you have questions you'd like me to, to look into further or answer, you can email me at outrageoverload at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and watch for another episode tomorrow.